Hey everyone, it's Sam here, aka Roofer Girl out of Niagara, Ontario. You are listening to The Contracting Handbook with Mike Kenoki. I'm always out there pushing just as hard as my crew. I don't know if you've ever had like one bad apple on your crew and you could feel their energy and it just kind of like brings the whole crew down. There's a lot of discrimination that goes around in our misogyny too that goes around in this industry. I think it's super important that women, you know, stand together and empower each other because a lot of us walk away from being in the construction industry because of this kind of treatment. I have a lot of empathy for people and I, you know, before letting go somebody, I always talk with them and I try to make it work. And if they're, they're not having it then I you know I have to let them go I was making I think $18 an hour you know having two kids I was a single mom I remember just like really struggling I would pay my rent I would pay my insurance on my car I would pay my daycare and I would have like $50 left to go grocery shop I started shingling and I was making more money just having my social media pages kind of made it easier for me to be in this industry what made me so good at roofing was being with other roofers who were like super competitive. My next guest does not mess around. She's got the gear, the guts, and the girls to conquer any roof pitch. She and her crew made herstory on the front page of the Niagara Post in August of last year with an article titled, Roofers, as her crew is all female. She's the recipient of the 2021 Powell Pitch People's Choice Award. As the boss babe, she sees roofing as an extension of herself and wants to empower women and with strength and confidence to enter the trades. She has a constant need to do more and won't stop until that feeling is gone. I know I'm feeling it. Are you guys feeling it? May I introduce to you partner in Summit Sisters Roofing, Samantha Dakota. How are hey you today? Everyone. <laughs> Welcome to this Contracting Handbook podcast. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. So let's start out with, um, are you trained or self-taught roofer? Um, my husband was the one who actually trained me. Um, also being on a really supportive crew, which was his crew. Um, they all pretty much pitched in and training me, but my husband has been like the main person who has taught me how to roof. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and th- is that where, is that the trade you started in? No, I, I was actually doing drywalling and steel stud framing. I did that for two years. And then I actually got into the roofing industry with another female roofing company called Pink Belts. And I didn't work with them for very long. I ended up um, starting with another crew where I actually met my husband and I was just a laborer at the time. And he taught me everything. Um, When I started roofing, I didn't have like the same passion for drywalling as I did for roofing. So I got like sucked right into the industry and I was like obsessed with it. Cool. Did you, that's, that's a, I love hearing that, you know, when you found your, when you found your spot, mm-hmm. um, did you have previous business experience? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I did not. Everything I learned, I learned as I went like kind of self-taught and 
Um, just getting advice from other roofing companies. I have a lot of supportive fr friends in this industry. So uh -huh. that really helped me through the way as well. Yep. Uh, trial by fire, pants on fire. I know the story. Mm -hmm. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and everybody out there listening, uh, Sam is in her truck on the job site. <laughs> and that's that's the way this podcast rolls. When your bag's on contractor, you got to screw yeah. stuff in. It's hard. There's a lot Absolutely. going on. <laughs> um, so you've been on the road for the last couple of weeks, hanging at trade shows, like a, like a trade show tour, it appears. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's, what's the best part about, what's the, what was the best part about these last two or three weeks? Um, I would have to say it would be the people that I meet doing these trade shows. Like I've connected with so many people and a lot of these people there see my passion, I guess, and they all want to kind of like support me and they're all rooting for me. So I, I would have to say the best thing about doing these trade shows is the people that I meet at them. They're awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting um, familial connection you have with people like you've never Absolutely. met, but you're in the same trades and, and, and share so many of the same values. Mm-hmm. Now, are you guys um, are you guys doing only shingle, or you do steel? You do everything. Um, I mostly do shingles, but slowly working my way into metal roofing as well. Um, I do. I have also done quite a bit of Euro Shield, which is the rubber shingles. And okay. but like roofing, asphalt roofing is like the main the main thing I do. Yeah. Is it is it mostly uh, like laminated architectural? Yeah. <clears throat> 30 yeah. year, 30 year singles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We do. I do a 30 year roof. You can do the 50, but it costs a lot more and no one ever wants mm -hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> so you have an all female crew. Isn't that yeah. unfair? Isn't that unfair hiring practices? Is that legal? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I have men on my crew too. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I was gonna ask if you would hire hire a guy in a pinch. I thought I saw a dude on one of your jobs. Yeah, I I work with my husband a lot too, so my husband's always mm. there too. <laughs> okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, speaking of working with people, what do you do with employees that are not doing what's expected of them? Um, usually, I would talk with them like. I don't, I'm like the type of person that doesn't like making people, you know, upset. So I'm like super nice. So in that way, you know, it's kind of a disadvantage for me because I will give people multiple chances, but I've, I've learned this, like, I can't be like that all the time. Um, um, I usually just, you know, sit down talk with them, let them know what they have to do. Um, like I said, I'm a nice person. So most times, um, I, I'm too nice, but I guess my husband is kind of like my backbone too. And he's really helpful when it comes to running the crew and letting people know like what I need to be doing and what they can't be doing and just getting the job done. Um, I also like to lead by example. So I'm always out there pushing hard with my crew and I just you know if I'm working hard you have to be working hard too there's no excuses you know so that's um 
that's what I do. Lead by example. Have you had to let anyone go? Uh, yes, I've had to. Um, some people are just, I don't know. Um, yeah, I've had to leave, let people go before though. It's just, you know, if they have like, you know, they don't want to change what they're doing on the roof because sometimes, you know how a lot of roofers are, they just want to slap on shingles and they don't care about quality, how the roof looks or anything like that. I've let people go for reasons like that. And also, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say things like in a negative mean way. So I'm trying to like word it to where it doesn't sound so, you know, negative. Mm -hmm. um, people who, I don't know, just have a bad attitude on the roof. Like if you're a good roofer, but you have a bad attitude and you're causing me more stress than anything, I would, I don't like working like that or feeling like that. So I've let people go because of that too. You know, you could be a good roofer, but having a bad attitude, I just, you know, I won't deal with it. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stereotypes about roofers. Um, uh, how, if you were to suggest to someone who needs to let someone go, because I think that actually firing someone is, is hard because you yeah. are a nice person and you, and you want things to work out. You always wanted them to work out. Mm -hmm. And, the, and, and actually firing someone is, is hard. Absolutely. So, someone asked, actually asked me the other day how to let someone go. And I gave them my suggestion, but how would you do it? This is an interest. This is a great topic. Yeah. Um, the way I do it, I try, like, I don't like letting people go on a negative note. Like I want to be as nice as possible. And, um, at the end of the day, just, you know, doing what I feel is best for me and my company. And, you know, if they're not a good fit, like I'm sure, you know, they could fit somewhere else more better than, you know, with me. Um, I always try to leave on a good note, like, you know, end it on a good note. Like I don't want any, you know, bad feelings or anything towards each other. So I just try to keep it as positive as possible. That's all you can do, right? Yeah, because, you know, the last thing you want is somebody going around bashing your company and saying, you know, mean things or rude things or anything, anything negative about your company. So it's always best to leave um, and things on a good note. Yeah. Also, maybe recommending, you know, something else out there for them, because I do have a lot of connections in the roofing industry. And I just maybe you will work better with this company rather than mine, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Sometimes people are just it's not necessary. There's something about them that they just don't fit with your crew. Mm -hmm. But, um, so what, else, what do you look for in, in, Oh, I just had something tumble. What do you look for in, uh, in an employee? You know, they gotta be okay with heights and they gotta be hard workers, but what yeah. else? They have to have a good attitude. Um, I don't know if you've ever had like one bad apple on your crew, but when that, person is there and you could feel their energy and it just kind of like brings the whole crew down like I've had that before where there was one person who was just very expressive when they're not having a good day like throwing tools around and everybody around is quiet because nobody wants to you know make things weird or uncomfortable so we just you know let it happen but um yeah I don't know <laughs> oh that's uh I I'm going to say that 
you have to be you have to observe your crew and you have to be aware of uh situations like that because you know i'm a general so i had a crew and i became very separated from them running many many projects Mm -hmm. and i had a guy that was poisoning the attitude of the whole crew and i didn't really realize what was going on yeah showed up one day and i but also as a leader if you're in a bad mood it can really affect your crew everybody feels what you're feeling absolutely so you got to check yourself all the time even when you're having a bad even when you're having a bad day you can't make everyone around you have a bad day can you exactly yeah um what characteristic of yours do you think makes you a good leader um i think because i'm just being you know a very empathetic person i have a lot of empathy for people and i you know before letting go somebody i always talk with them and i try to make it work with them and i encourage them and if they're they're not having it then i you know i have to let them go um but i think just me being the way i am and um leading like i said leading by example like i'm always out there pushing just as hard as my crew. I want to show them how they need to be working. So, yeah. I think empathy is a huge one. And I I completely agree with you. Someone asked me years ago, uh, they, you know, people who aren't in the industry tend to think as a business owner, you're some big shot and we're all just regular people. Oh yeah. And um, no, I don't have, I don't have that and, ego. <laughs> yeah. And, and and she asked me what it took to to run a to run a you know a good construction company. And I said, lots of patience and empathy. Mm-hmm. She looked at me like, what? Aren't you supposed to be like some tough guy? Like, <laughs> the, the tough part is the grit of, I know. of staying with it. I have people who tell me that I need to be more meaner i guess and more like more bossy but the way i look at it is i got as far as i have and i think i'm doing pretty good for myself but i got this far by being who i am so i don't want to change that like i feel like i'm doing you know pretty good (laughs) right you know the authenticity goes a long way with your people they really people really respect that and then there's little microwaves we can adjust our approaches along mm-hmm. the way. But but being more bossy, I, what does that even mean? You know? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, got, I get told, uh, like, I'm too nice all the time. But I don't know. I just, I have a hard time, like, being mean to people or being rude. And I hate, like, seeing people sad and stuff. Like, you know, working with women, like, women have all kinds of hormones. <laughs> so if I've had girls on the crew, like, crying for no like well for what seems like no reason but you know i try to be empathetic towards them and i don't like you know get mad at them for it like have your moment get back to work and the show must go on um i'd say that everybody can have moments and it might not be crying and it might not it's dudes because dudes have their moments too Mm -hmm. but but being able to deal with uh, that Especially when you're the boss, you're more driven. You have a vested interest in the business. Mm-hmm. And you're. It's easier for you to push that stuff aside and be like, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll let I'll let this out of my brain later. Right now, I need to get through this because you've ta- you've pushed yourself and trained yourself to do it. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that that empathy for people who aren't having mm-hmm. a good day. Uh-oh. If it's Uh-oh. all if it's all the time, it's a problem. But yeah, people, just, people don't show up 100 percent all the time, and you got to roll with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So. Okay, it's let's talk about women in construction for a minute. It's International Women's History Month. What is the importance of recognizing women's contributions to society? I think it's super important because, uh, I don't know, like, I feel like we're kind of, you know, we're not given the respect, as much respect as men are in this industry. And um, a lot of people look at women and... I don't know. Like I've had some, I've had this experience where, you know, I was looking for work and I went to this company and, you know, with all my years in roofing and whatever running crew, um, I went there with my husband and the guy there was not even acknowledging me or anything. And I was the one asking the questions, my husband, and he would look back at my husband and answer them. And like, not even, you know, really acknowledging that I was there. And it just like made me feel like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't important. And that he didn't believe that I had, you know, what it takes to be on the roof and didn't believe that I could, you know, be as good of a worker as my husband. Um, So there's a lot of discrimination that goes around in our misogyny too, that goes around in this industry. I think it's super important that women, you know, stand together and empower each other because a lot of us walk away from being in the construction, construction industry because of this kind of treatment. So I think it's super important, you know? Yeah. Especially right now when we need, when we need more people in the trades period. Oh yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, you don't even you don't even have to have a good reputation to be busy right now because there's no one to do the work. Mm-hmm. Having a good reputation helps. But. Another thing I noticed too, like between hiring men and women, like I've had I've, mm. I've had a lot of men work for me, I've had a lot of women work for me, but the difference that I've always noticed was the women were always more organized and more prepared than the men. Whether I was hiring a new a new roofer or you know somebody who was just you know their first day, they always made it. Um, a priority to get the tools that they needed. They've always had a driver's license. They've always had their own vehicle. If they didn't, then they, you know, they would catch a bus to the job site where I had men who were, oh, 20 years experience, but doesn't even own a tool belt or a nail gun and needs to be picked up. Like that was the biggest difference that I noticed between men and women, that women were way more organized than the men that I had working for me. (laughs) I, I, I've only had the opportunity to hire one woman. I've only had one woman apply for my to me. And I was very happy the when I showed up on the job site the day the first day she was supposed to be there and she was in her car in her truck idling in the driveway when I showed up and I'm always early. And she was before <laughs> she showed up before me and she was dialed. Yeah, everything dialed. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um Okay, now you're from Whitefish Lake First Nation, Cree descent. I believe you grew up on the on the reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, do you encounter any additional challenges uh, as an indigenous woman? Um, I can't say that I do. 
because I think I'm just like so well known in my industry. Like a lot of people already know me because I'm, I'm I don't want to sound like, you know, like I'm top tier, but a lot of people know me. So a lot of people know that I can roof and if they don't, then they go search me and they see that I can do. Um, so just having my social media pages kind of made it easier for me to be in this industry, I guess. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it's like to be, you know, a woman who, you know, doesn't have that. Like they have to, they're either given the chance or they're not because, you know, they're a woman. Do you know what they're I mean? Not, yeah, they're not the roofer girl. Yeah, so they don't, they're, because I'm so well known, like everybody, like they just go to my page or they already know me or that's how I get my work. Mm -hmm. I have a page to refer people to because I'm so well known in my industry, but I just can't imagine like what it's like being like, if I didn't have my page and if I wasn't well known, like, you know, I could go look for work and they can just look at me and be like, this girl can't roof, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, you're a, you're also a mom. Yes. You got, you got kids in the mix. That adds a lot yeah. of time and energy. So how do you juggle being a mom in construction? Is and how is that different for what what dudes have to do? It is so hard. Um, I had to sacrifice a lot of time with my children to be where I am today, but. The only thing that keeps me doing it is I'm doing it for my kids because I don't want my kids to grow up the way I grew up because I grew up dirt poor and I had nothing grow up growing up. And to even see where I am right now, it's, you know, it's it's kind of amazing because I never expected to be here. Like my kids have things that I never had growing up, um, but it's hard. It's it is really hard. Um I've, there's lots of times where I've worked till 9 p.m. at night and I've had to arrange, you know, late babysitters. And I've had a lot of help with my brothers and sisters with that um, because they would they were living with me. But, um, yeah, I had to sacrifice a lot of time with my kids to get where I am. But the only thing that keeps me going is just because I'm doing all this for them. Like, I don't want them to live the life that I lived. Um Aside from that, with um, the difference between me and my husband, I'm the one who has to leave work if, you know, something happens in school. Um, I'm the one who makes all the appointments for the kids, dental appointments. If, you know, if I get a phone call from school, your son's misbehaving, it's happened. And I've, I leave work. My husband stays in work. So um, I think both of us being in this industry together has made it a little easier on both of us. And... Yeah, I guess just having a really good support system is super helpful too. Um, which parent? Which? Go, yeah, which parent does you? Would your son want to come and pick them up when they've been bad at school? <laughs> Probably mom. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Definitely mom. But like, even when I do these conferences, like I'm gone from like four to five days, and I'm in the states. Yeah. Um, my husband's at home, and he's holding down the fort and. He's taking care of the kids, sending them to school and doctor's appointments, whatever. So he's like, he steps up when he needs to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, on your social media, you said, I, I noted this a while back, probably when I started following you, um, that roofing was a way to survive. Why? Roofing, what, the reason why I said that was because um, it started off as a way to survive because I was struggling so much when I got into roofing. 
Um, I was doing my drywalling, but I was making, I think like $18 an hour, which wasn't much, you know, having two kids. I was a single mom. Um, I remember, I remember just like really struggling and I would pay my rent. I would pay my insurance on my car. I would pay my daycare and I would have like $50 left to go grocery shopping with. Mm. And yeah, Mm. like I was just, you know, I was just barely making it. And I was getting up like at 5.30 in the morning. I would be at the kids' daycare by just before 6.30 because their daycare opened at 6.30. And then I would have half an hour to drive to the work site to be there before seven. And then I would work till 5.30 and be at the daycare before, just before six. Um, so that was when I was drywalling. But when I started roofing, I, I started shingling and I was making more money that way. Um, I started, I started out by getting uh, bundle rates and, you know, I wasn't making as much as the guy being, the guys being a new um, roofer. It was really, it was really competitive because getting paid by piecework everyone wants the biggest easiest side on the roof so you have to like as soon as you get to the job you have to be like one of the first ones there you have to get all your tools ready and you have to get up there and pick your side like be the first try be the first one on the roof to get like the best side on the roof mm-hmm. well i was just new into the industry and you know i'm working my way i couldn't pick the biggest sides because i wasn't fast you know like i probably wouldn't be able to finish it um but i think that's what made me so good at roofing was being with other roofers who were like super competitive like i had to be fast i had to be as fast as them otherwise they're gonna you know come jump on my side and they're gonna take all my bundles like i have to rip prep my own side and these guys are fast and i'm just like a new roofer and yeah i just i just had to be as fast as i could be to make good money and and i did like i started making more better money when i started roofing so yeah, that's why I said that was because it started, it did start off as a way to survive. Like I was just a single mom trying to make it. And you did it. Yeah, I did. You're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah is, now you're in a partnership with the business. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you, how do you guys kind of parse out the work? Um. Well, one guy does like more the marketing and the emails and stuff like that he does like all our videography and the other guy kind of is like a sales guy he kind of gets the work for us and me i'm i'm the installer and i do a little bit of the of the um, getting the work as well but i'm always on the job does the uh the roofer girl page get a lot of work for you guys or is that more of a social media fun thing and um, it gets, it does get some work for me. Um, it is more of a social media thing because um, a lot of my my audience is based out in the United States. So that's mm-hmm. where my biggest following is. But I'm hoping one day, like I do want to expand out there and I want to make my way out there, especially now that I'm connected to so many people out there from going to these roofing conferences. I think that would make the process a lot more easier for me. Are you always excited about the business? Do you have you or do you have your low, do you have some lows? Um, we have lows, of course. I think every business does, but um for the most part I'm pretty excited and happy with how things are going. Um the way we started Summit Sisters, like I already had my own roofing company back in Alberta 
And um, when I moved out, like my old company was called JNS Prestige Roofing. And that was because my husband's name is John and I'm Sam, so it was JNS. And when I moved out to Ontario, um, we were thinking of just transferring our company out here. But then um, when I moved out here, I became so well known as because I did a documentary, but like everybody known, like knew, um, everybody knew Summit Sisters because of that documentary. So that that's when we came up with the idea of to just start Summit Sisters Roofing. Sorry, my phone is overheating because it's really hot in here. Um, what what was the what? Tell me about the documentary. Okay, so when I moved out to Ontario, I actually went to Florida to do a roofing conference with Primeline Tools. And while I was out there, I got this message from this lady who said she was looking for a female roofer to do her roof. And I left my crew back at home. Like I had no crew when I moved out here. Um, it was just me and my husband. So I, I had absolutely nobody, just me and my husband. I'm like, I can't do this. And this is the point in the podcast when we experience technical difficulties. <laughs> That is a that, <laughs> that's a contracting handbook podcast first. That's how that's how it is being bags on. Okay, <clears throat> we'll just we'll just pump into the end of end of uh, podcast questions here. Uh, what was your favorite childhood toy? I don't even know. <laughs> um, my favorite childhood toy, like. I used to play outside a lot, so I don't know. Like, I, I was kind of a girly girl too when I was younger, when I was a little girl. So I like playing with like Barbies and doll houses and stuff like that. All the typical um, little girl stuff. I paint my nails and brush my hair and fix my hair. Yeah, I wouldn't say I had like a specific favorite toy. <laughs> I was an outside kid too. I was feral. You couldn't. You couldn't really keep me inside. Yeah. Well, I grew up on the reserve. So, um, me and my, my older brother, like we used to play outside a lot. And, you know, like I remember this time where all my, all my cousins, they came visit us and it was like a little muddy outside. So we put on like these old clothes and then we went roll around in the mud with them. And yeah, we played outside a lot. <laughs> Kid stuff. Parents love when you come home covered in mud. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite tool? My favorite tool? Mm, I would have to say it's my moneymaker. That would be my nail gun. <laughs> but I do have specific tools that I work with. Um, my favorite tools would be my nail gun, my shingle ripper, and my hatchet. Well, my next and my knife. The next question is the most useful tool. Most useful tool uh, would be my nail gun because that's my money maker. And then the <laughs> where have you been on my life tool? Um, hmm, good question. It would have to be okay. So Primeline is coming out with a new hatchet, mm. and. The thing with the hatchet that I use, you can't really pry out nails with it because you'll break it. Mm. But with Primeline's new hatchet, you can pry out like four inch nails with it. And you normally can't do that with a hatchet. So it's going to be out in like, I think like two more months, but that would be like 
so ideal for me because awesome. <laughs> when I'm on the roof and I'm pulling out my anchors on the roof and I'm trying to get my nail out, I always have to borrow like a hammer or something. Cause my husband uses a hammer, like a, a claw hammer. I would always have to borrow a hammer to pull out my nails out of my anchor. But when this hatchet comes out, like that's going to be my go-to. Cool. Do you have any, do you have any nicknames for any tools? <laughs> not really no i haven't i haven't named my tools <laughs> that's a good idea though <laughs> uh what do you value most um my family um i feel like i want to be so successful so successful that i'm able to help my family when i say my family i don't just mean my own kids and but i mean like my brothers, my sisters, my mom, and my nieces and nephews. So it would have to be family. Why do skill trades matter? Well, somebody's got to do the work, right? That's right. <laughs> Who's your... Yeah, somebody's got to. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say somebody's got to, you know, build these houses, fix these roofs, and all that good stuff. Yep. <laughs> Who's your mentor? My mentor was my husband. Um, I met him on the roof when I was just a laborer and he taught me everything. And, you know, working with your husband, you would think that, oh, he probably like babied me. Sorry, I'm getting a phone call. So you think that just because I worked with him that he probably like babied me and catered to me on the roof, but he didn't like, you know, there was times where I'm like, can you help me with this? Nope, do it yourself. And that's, that's how I got good. I had to do it myself and I had to be fast because I wanted to keep up with everyone. So it would, it would be my husband. He literally taught me everything. What are the best job site jams? The best job site jams. <laughs> I think, um, it has to be music with no swear words. Mm. And, um, I don't know. I would say like some country music. I like mix. I, I like uh, listening to like a mixture of music. So like country, like rock, a little bit of metal, you know, nothing too, too uh, vulgar. Right on the job site. You got to watch it. Yeah. You got to be careful. Especially you, yeah. you guys, because you're exposed. So the whole neighborhood here is whatever you guys are listening to. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any advice for someone coming into running a business as a tradesperson? Someone just entering the business world is just, um, I would have to say there was something that I wish I wouldn't use sooner. I don't know. Just be careful, like who you work with, you know, who you cho choose to work with. And there's, um, a lot of, I guess, like slimy people out there. <laughs> There's been times where I've been like ripped off. I haven't been paid and just be, be careful who you work with. Yeah. Okay. So do you think that all of your friends listening to this should give us a five-star rating for this podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. Because I'm on here. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> is there anyone you want to give a shout out to today? Um, I would, yeah, just my summit sisters and Primeline Tools, because um, Primeline Tools has been like a big part of my journey, I guess. Like they're, they're really supportive to me. They support my projects. They're always there for me. 
and they're such good people. It's not just a good company, but they're good people. So a special shout out to them. <laughs> well, Sam, thanks for getting with me on a Monday morning. I know it's it's a tough day to, to do it, but um, <laughs> I appreciate it. From the truck. Yeah, no problem. Uh-huh. Hey, if you're still out there listening right now, I want your stories for the Tick Up Trades initiative. Tell me your stories about how you got into trades. I'm going to put it in a series of podcasts called Tales of the Trades. Contact me at info at thecontractinghandbook.com for more info or listen to episode 109. Get on my email list or shout me out on Instagram. All right. That's all I got. Later.